0: Hey Alexa, what's the definition of hustle? To be aggressive,
1: especially in business or other financial dealings. Dealings, 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 dealings.
0: You're listening to the H for Hustle podcast, designed to inspire future entrepreneurs to take the leap from working for someone else to pursue their passions and side hustles and turning them into full-fledged businesses. My name is Jerome Fenton. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Every week, I'll be speaking with an entrepreneur that has taken that leap. We'll be talking about the lessons they've learned and how they've turned their passions and side hustles into full-fledged businesses. h for hustle Podcast, welcome back. Another illustrious episode up ahead. Today, we're recording this intro in the Shedio with Backpack Sound. He's not going to say anything on mic, but I just wanted you guys to know that. Um, man, today's episode... Another great one. This is my first time ever interviewing a couple, Ryan and Lindsay. They go by Renzi now on social media. Um, Renzi. So their story is fascinating, fascinating in um, story by them. So let me kind of jump into it a little bit. Ryan and Lindsay were always kind of like doing little reselling. They would sell stuff in their house, little stuff here and there, but never anything serious. they kind of selling stuff on Facebook or. Or um, let go or offer up, just kind of like small time stuff. Um, Lindsay was working at a family business. She got fired. Ryan was, was a bartender. He got fired, and they were like, okay. Let's give this reselling thing a try and let's really give it a shot. Um, Let's try to sell shoes and let's see what happens. They set aside a very small budget. They had a month to make it happen. If they can sell enough shoes to pay all their bills, they'll keep going at this. If they couldn't pay their bills, they would stop. You know, before I go ahead and tell you the whole story, let's let them get into it. Boom, 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 boom. How do you guys find the right shoes to buy? How do you do you you know what shoes are selling? Do you just go for what you had in your closet and try to find those? Or how do you know what to sell?
2: You're asking the best question and and the the most valuable point of anyone trying to get into reselling in general. But if you want to talk about shoes is the ability to go on uh, any of these marketplaces like Facebook Marketplace, uh, eBay, Poshmark, Mercari, Letgo. And you can look. At what shoes are selling and how much they're selling for just by looking at sold listings I don't think enough people in the shoe reselling world uh, put enough effort in before they spend their money on inventory to flip and and since we didn't have a lot of money we did that we jumped onto these marketplaces we for face on Facebook for example we saw other people posting shoes so we we looked in their comment section to see if the uh, shoes were getting sold and how much they were getting sold for oh. and then of course we would make a little note saying, all right, you know, name brand seems to be the best way to go. Nike, Adidas, New Balance, A6. And then, you know, you go down the list. And then when you go out to look for shoes, you already kind of have an idea of what to look for. And you obviously want to try to find shoes in the best condition. So it's it's a constant snowballing effect of doing a ton of research and then going out and trying to find those shoes.
0: So first you educated yourself on what sold before you went out and wasted that 25 bucks. Absolutely. Got you. So let's go back to that first month. You, you know what your budget is. You know what you have to make. Did you guys hit that number? Yeah.
2: we Our goal was to hit uh, to pay our bills that first month. And surprisingly to us and to a lot of our friends and family that were kind of laughing at us, we had extra money left over. So we, oh, we, looked, at, we looked at each other again and we said, hey, uh, this could be a thing. And maybe we set the bar, our goal a little too low. So the second month we we set the bar higher and uh, our big thing is we never make excuses. We never complain and we just constantly nonstop look for wins. And so on month two, we had tripled our business and we were off and running.
0: Got you. And and this is the same time because I I watch your content on YouTube, this is the same time you're selling everything for like 25 bucks.
2: Yep, You get, you got it. The first, uh, I would say the first 1200 pairs we sold were for $25 a piece on Facebook Marketplace alone, and we were delivering to people within 50 miles of where we live.
0: I know, I saw that online, and I'm like, how are you guys making money with all that gas cost? I was like, that doesn't even make sense.
2: Well, I'll tell you you the quick, the long story short is I made the mistake of, in our listings, starting to say, um, we'll deliver anywhere within 50 miles because, The reason I said that was I didn't really think through how far 50 miles was. (laughs) And when we were doing our research, we were noticing in the comments of all these listings that other people were putting up, we started to see a common trait where the sale was about to happen. The buyer would say, okay, I'll buy these. The seller would be like, great. And then the the buyer would be like, can you meet me in this area? And the seller would be like, no, I can't meet you in this area." And the sale was gone. So we wanted to eliminate that friction uh so i mistakenly through i should have said like 25 miles or 20 miles but yeah. i said 50 miles so instead of going back on our word we realized obviously like you said the common sense that it doesn't make sense to drive 49 miles to sell a pair for 25 dollars yeah so it's gonna we,
0: cost the gas cost just doing that
2: so then we we realized the importance of building relationships so we didn't go back on our word we of course did a few deliveries um where we probably lost some money on the gas but what we did was we We're really conscious about building genuine relationships with people. And then we would say, hey, we're about to deliver, you know, you're 49 miles away. We're about to deliver this, you know, men's 10 uh, pair of Nikes for $25. I tell you what, we have a deal. If you buy three pairs of shoes for $25, we'll give you a fourth pair free and they can be any size. So all of a sudden, instead Uh, of doing one pair deliveries, we were doing four pair deliveries, which turned into the whole neighborhood would show up and we'd sell. 20 pairs of shoes at each delivery
0: wow so instead of making just 25 bucks the average cost the average sell price was like 75 so you're making one stop you're getting 75 to 100 bucks yeah yeah that makes a whole lot of sense okay so when do you say all right that that driving around it takes away time from doing everything else when do you change the business model after that point it's just like shipping it isn't wouldn't it be better to just ship it
1: yeah, we basically exactly that. We basically did local deliveries until we kind of hit a ceiling where we were maxing out. Right, we still had to get up in the morning, at the, you know, as soon as the bins opened, we would be there at seven a.m. We'd do our shopping to get inventory for an hour, then we would rush to go clean them, um, and then we'd pretty much be doing deliveries all day from you know nine ten a.m. until eight p.m. Wow, and we just where we were like okay we're spending every hour that we can delivering and we're maxing out so where's another place that we can start selling Um, and it definitely wasn't a you know one day we were selling local the next day we were selling online we definitely had a smooth transition over you know a few months where we started you know putting some pairs on eBay and selling on on there and then uh, moved over to Poshmark and we're selling on there and um, we did both for a while and then now you know just kind of Switched primarily over to online, but yeah, we basically just needed to find a way to get more shoes out there without Ryan and I physically needing to drive them to people's houses.
0: Nice, yeah. So I can hear the audience right now in my head asking this question like, people buy used shoes because you're going (laughs) to the Goodwill and then you're selling used shoes. And so, this people buy, so how descriptive are you about the shoes being used?
2: Well, I'll tell you what, we said the same thing when we first started. We, we saw people posting their used shoes and it, it, apparently other people were buying them. We, we literally said the same exact thing. We tried it. Our very, very first delivery, uh, I was selling a pair of like men's 10 and a half Under Armour shoes. We were meeting at the local grocery store and based on your question, like how descriptive are you? We were very descriptive. Here's the size. Yes, they're used. We would always post pictures showing every angle so the buyer knew exactly what they were purchasing. And the pair was twenty-five dollars. It was a men's ten and a half. Uh, meet the guy in the parking lot. As he's walking towards me, this, this dude is like six eight, and it looks like he has <laughs> men's 15 shoes.
0: What? And I
2: was like, I was like, in my head, I was like, I must have described these shoes wrong because there's no way this guy's gonna fit into this men's ten and a half shoes. Yeah. So he's walking towards me. He's got a big smile on his face. I hand him the shoes. I go, my man, you, you got to try these on because your foot is huge. And these are <laughs> men's 10 and a half. And he looks at me and he's like, no, I'm good. And he goes to hand me the $25. And I was so confused. I go, it would, it would just make me feel better if you try these shoes on because I don't feel good. They're probably not going to fit you. So to, to appease me. He tries to jam his men's 15 foot into these men's 10 and a half shoes. The knuckles, knuckles of his toes are sticking you know through you can see. and he, wow. goes, he goes, "These are perfect." And I go, "No, they're not. What are you talking about?" He, <laughs> said, he says to me, "These are only 25 dollars. I'll be able to sell these for 50." Whoa. So right there, a big smile is on my face. I was like, "I felt good selling them for 25. He knew that there was another, a higher market for the same exact pair of shoes. This was our first delivery. And I was like talking to Lindsay. I was like, this this is something. Like there's but, something here.
0: But do you feel, did you feel like, damn, we could have got more for it?
2: Not at all. We, I felt great that we got, We that was our first sale. Okay, got, so you were just happy you got, money,
0: happy got, you got, money, got money. Gotcha. Well,
2: I'll tell you what, a lesson for the people listening, it, some valuable information, which again, that was our first delivery. We learned a lot was, the, the same exact pair of shoes in the same condition has different value on different marketplaces. So as oh. a reseller, we started doing way more research on all. So just because we were selling them for 25 doesn't mean they can't sell for 50, 50. somewhere else. Right. And just because they're selling for 50 somewhere else, doesn't mean they'll sell for 50 on Facebook. So we, we got real good about understanding the market.
0: Got you. So you guys sell your first 1200 pairs. How long did it take to sell 1200 pairs of shoes?
2: This is, probably less than 90 days
0: really so like three months you sold 1200 pairs of shoes
2: my man we were backed up to the wall we had to pay all our bills <laughs> we, we, made, we made no excuses we were driving all over maine and and ironically parts of new hampshire are within 50 miles of where we live so we went at it we no excuses we said we got to pay the bills we set a goal we went after it we hit it and then of course i think that the for people listening the most valuable thing is like what Lindsay said is like, all right, this isn't sustainable. We can't just be driving around all the time, but Mm -hmm. we hit our goal. We got some, we got a chunk of money in the bank. We've proven to ourselves it's possible. Now, how do we slightly modify our business plan and our strategy to to go a little bit harder without burning out?
0: So I have to ask the big question. I I had me personally, I started, I started a cleaning company. My parents hated the idea. They hated me while I was doing it. Um, How did you deal with friends and family? talking. I know they had to be talking shit. You're running around buying used shoes and selling back shoes. So how'd you deal with that?
1: Yeah, my parents thought we were crazy, but like in a very, we trust you guys are going to figure this out, but you're crazy. Yeah. Way, um, where they, you know, smiled and were happy that we were happy, but were definitely skeptical of how long it would last or, you know, if it two would years last. we would still, you know, be doing well or like. Are they actually making money? Or
2: <laughs> yeah, and my my friends literally just laughed in my face, and uh, understandably, like how crazy does that sound? We're literally buying you shoes, hand cleaning them, and then delivering them freaking fifty miles away. Yeah, uh, but now our I I feel lucky to have met someone in Lindsay that you know our our my second our second date. I asked her to go. Pick up some free stuff that was sitting in a snowbank like 20 miles away that we could probably resell, and she was like, "Let's go do it." And so I think, (laughs) I think one thing that is valuable to anyone listening is obviously no matter what you do, no matter what career you have, no matter uh, whether it's entrepreneurial or not, there 100% is always going to be people that laugh at you or don't believe in you. And the goal with us is to surround ourselves with people that support us no matter what we're doing, while also not giving a shit what other people think. Okay. So it's like, we just went for it. And those, those same people, my friends that were laughing, and then of course, uh, Lindsay's parents in a very caring way that didn't think we could do it, now are are begging us for shoes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I, So now you guys make it to a certain point, how do you guys split up the responsibility of the business? Because sometimes I see on YouTube that, Ryan, you're the one going sourcing, and, and I I'm not sure, how do you guys split up responsibility? Like who takes care of inventory, takes care of cleaning? Cause you guys have been doing this for what, like two years now?
2: Yeah, almost three yeah, years almost now. Three. Okay. We
1: really, um, pretty early on discovered the things that each of us are good at. And the, the reason why we're a great couple and also great together in this business is because we're good at very different things and kind of um, not as great at, other, at at very different things as mm-hmm. well. So i 'm very um like uh, systems based numbers based kind of more organizational yeah uh, so I do a lot of anything you know having to do with our inventory or i do all, like i do all the listing um, keeping track of sales all of that type of stuff mm-hmm. um,
2: she, she's the she 's the intellectual brain behind the operation i 'm the <laughs> oh my God, look, the, these shoes we can sell for a million dollars. She's like, no, no, let's, let's bring it back a little bit.
0: Got you. So you're the one that goes and does the front end work and she'll do the back end operational side and get everything going.
2: She she runs this ship and I'm just a laborer. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. So um, now... So for me, there's people who listen to this. They're sitting on the sideline. They might have like a little side hustle. They have something going on. What would mm-hmm. you tell those people who are sitting on the sideline and they might have a crazy idea? They want to sell like glassware on the internet. What would what would the advice you'd give? Uh,
2: the, what we say all the time it's it's 2020. There's no excuses. There's people doing some amazing things. And whether you want to make a hundred bucks this month to pay for your cell phone, whether you want to make two thousand to go on a trip, or whether you want to really go hard at it like we have and make it a full time, I mean, we're about to buy a house with used shoe money, uh, with plenty of. I mean, any any myth that you think uh, you've heard is is just not true, and we've experienced it. Um, we didn't think we could make this much money. We both have had corporate jobs. We both have college degrees, and we make way more money now than we ever had at any corporate job. We have. We have health insurance, we have like all the things that people think wouldn't come from taking this leap. uh, We have proven to ourselves, this is the most part, but proven uh, by showing by example that it is possible. So if you're sitting on the sidelines and and you have this crazy idea to to flip glassware, the best thing to do is to pursue that side hustle thing in things that you enjoy. If we didn't enjoy shoes, we would not be, um, we would not be reselling shoes, for example, uh, reselling clothes is a very lucrative thing, yeah, uh, and for for a while, people were telling us, "Listen, you're going to hit a ceiling selling shoes. You should look at other categories." And so we put some thought to it, and we said, "All right, our shoe business is growing, and we feel comfortable enough to be able to potentially bring in another thing." And so we gave it sixty days, and we said, "We're going to source some clothes. We're going to do the same business model where we do our research and and take photographs and and provide good customer service and blah blah blah," and after 60 days we i think we had sold about 900 dollars in clothes and like 850 of it was profit so the numbers made sense but we hated sourcing clothes and photographing clothes and it just like turned into this thing that we were we were regretting doing so we just talked it out and we said we don't want to do clothes so we stopped doing clothes and the point of that story is Pursue the things that you enjoy and as long as you have like a no excuses mentality and you're constantly asking questions and you're jumping on YouTube and Google and you're doing, you're asking a million questions a day, uh, most likely you can turn it into something lucrative.
0: That's such great advice. That's like absolutely spot spot on. I'm gonna jump into the episode really quick, guys. Just wanted to let you guys know H for Hustle Army Facebook group is live and up. Love for you guys to jump in there. What the H for Hustle Army is it's a resource for entrepreneurs, side hustlers. If you're sitting on the sidelines and hadn't made a decision yet, but you listen to this podcast every week, we want you in there as well. It's a resource for everyone. Um, There's going to be tools, tips. You can trade ideas, thoughts, resources. You know, if somebody's like, hey, I need a patent lawyer. Guess what? Somebody in there will have a patent lawyer and can share. We can share resources with each other. Um, There's also going to be different topics and discussions that are being happened there. I'm going to be recapping the episodes in the Facebook group. So definitely a great place to be. It's H for Hustle Army. Just go on Facebook. Type it in H for Hustle Army. Look for groups. Hit subscribe. You have to fill out a few questions. It's the H for Hustle Army. Let's get back. To the upper city, upper city, upper city, upper city, upper city, upper city, upper city upper I have area. to ask you guys are in Portland, Maine. It's not like a huge city. Like how, right. how you, how do you find inventory so consistently? Do you guys you live, leave
2: that area a lot? We live in the United States of America where, <laughs> where like storage units are a crazy business. Everyone's got a bunch of stuff that they don't need thrift. Uh, the thrift game is strong. Uh, Out if you if you don't feel like thrifting outlets are everywhere. So to answer your question It doesn't matter where you are whether you're in rural Maine or you're in a big city. There's always opportunity, but We have uh, our business plan is based on seeing a lot of inventory and being super strict in what we pick up We wish that the thrifts in our local area had a hundred pairs that we could buy every week It's just not the case. So we have strategically gotten outside of our comfort zone and built sourcing routes where we can get outside of Maine without, again, keeping in mind gas, keeping in mind, you know, putting mileage on the car. And over time, we've built up these sourcing routes where now we're, we're uh, sourcing all around New England and sometimes up and down the East Coast when we go visit family. And it has allowed us to bring in really, really good inventory at a very low cost.
0: Yeah, that's something that I noticed when I watch your YouTube too. You guys have like a very strict like buy amount, like what you're willing to spend per shoe. Can you go into that? How would you guys come up with that system and why?
2: Yeah, it's all based on what we started with. We we had a lot of success uh, selling shoes for $25 a piece. At that price point, there's less bickering. There's less negotiating because, you know, $25 for the most part is a very uh, doable price. So it was just, do you want the shoes or not? So we realized... If we we can keep eliminating all the friction and and distill it down to do you want these shoes or not, uh, it works well. It saves you mental real estate. So with that said, uh, sometimes when you go into the thrifts, a pair costs $20 and then you put some time into cleaning it and then you deliver it and then you've lost money. So we had to do our best to try to find pairs under $10. We, We thought if we can continue to find pairs with an average buy cost under $10 and then flip them and get back a $25 bill, we'd be doing really well. And if we can do that, you know, a couple hundred times a month. And then we use that same business model as we looked on to marketplaces where there's fees involved. Um, for example, you, you can't sell the same pair of shoes for $25 because there's a 20% fee and then there's shipping costs. And all of a sudden you're down to, you're only getting $12 back. Yeah. In and so again, it's a, a, a constant evaluation. We talk about this all the time of what works and what doesn't, what you have available in your area. Maybe you're not, Someone who can travel around, you know, a couple states every week, and you really ha- can only go to a couple thrifts. You may have to put more sweat equity in, and and spend more time cleaning them because you don't have the opportunity to go see a bunch, which still works. Yeah, you just gotta you just gotta balance your business model with what you have available and what you're willing to do. And we're we're constantly pushing ourselves what we're willing to do, but we also respect um, time. You know, just like in the beginning, it made sense in the beginning because we had to pay our bills to drive around all day and then slowly but surely we realized we're going to get burned out so we have to modify our model and now where we are today where we're selling we used to sell you know uh at our peak on facebook marketplace selling you know 10 15 pairs a day but driving around all day now we sell 25 30 pairs a day and sometimes we don't even leave the house
0: nice so how many pairs are you guys moving a week now
2: so we're we're on average we're selling between 650 and 700 pairs a month. Wow! Um, so what is that?
0: Like a buck 25 a week or something like that.
1: So uh, what is that? So like 150 or 200 pairs yeah. a week. Yeah,
0: a week. Yeah, give or take. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of shoes. So where do you guys see the future of this? Are you? Who do you see eventually be being like? A store, or you just keep you're just gonna keep doing it the way you're doing it. What's the future hold for uh, the Renzi brand?
2: Well, it's a phenomenal question, and, and it's funny that you say store because that's what everyone thinks would be the lineage of this thing. But
0: no, but I'm well, not. I'm not saying like a physical store, but maybe like your own website. You have your own property where everyone comes to yeah, you yeah. because of the brand.
2: Well, here, here, he'll here's something valuable for anyone, that, especially getting into shoe reselling. We created our own website. We spent a lot of time driving traffic there. And then we got a email from Nike that said, Hey, it looks like you're selling a ton of Nike shoes that we understand that they're used. We understand all that stuff, but because of the the volume that you're doing, you're going to have to become a licensed, uh, seller. So it it costs $15,000 to apply. And we said, Hey, you know what? We're going to stop our website and we're going to get back onto these marketplaces where it's allowed. Um, Again, we built our entire business following all the rules so that the only thing that would stop us is us once we realized because of the volume that we're doing that, of course, they don't catch everyone that creates their own website to sell, but they reached out to us respectfully and said either either become licensed or stop reselling on your own website. And so we just stopped. Oh, wow. um, now, fast forward to where we are today, we're, we always have a macro goal, a big, big, crazy a uh, goal that we're reaching towards, and, and then daily goals that, that will get us towards that goal. So right now, we are at a really uh, healthy place where we're consistently selling um, you know, 650 to 700 pairs at a profit uh, that, that works for us. We want to get, um, we want to push ourselves a little further and, and build a, a sustainable model that allows us to bring in a little bit more money and then let that churn as we pull money out to then uh, get into a little bit of the real estate game. Um, So so we're going to always, uh, for the foreseeable future, be reselling shoes, but it's just, we're not trying to sell a million dollars a month. We're trying to push ourselves to a sustainable, um, as Lindsay said, a a system that's where, I mean, anyone can go and sell 700 pairs in one month. Can you do that month after month after month? And we've done that consistently for the last six, seven months. So we're, We're pushing ourselves a little bit more to plateau it a little bit higher and then we'll start getting into the real estate game.
0: Yeah, that's understandable because then you take some of the profits, buy something that can create more of a sustainable monthly income for you long term. Yep. And you know, who knows how long the shoe game, I guess, will last in this way. Um, yeah. that's, that's super interesting. Um, if you were to go back you know, um, you guys have been going on three years. What's one piece of advice you would go back and give the, the, the you guys two, three years ago?
2: Yeah, it's easy. Don't compare yourself to other resellers. It's what we did in the beginning. We, after that first month, you know, we're puffing our chest out and we were like, all right, let's, let's see what's possible. I mean, even today, we, we always try to connect with people who are doing way. And here's the truth. There's people that are doing millions of dollars every year reselling shoes. Yeah, so I, I reached
0: out to Monica like the posh hanger and she's doing like almost a million a year Just yeah, clothes. So, yeah,
2: and we we love to uh, Connect with people who are doing way more than us But one thing we because you obviously you, you see what's possible. It just yeah. conti- it continues to reiterate in our mind that there's no excuse Like if people are doing it, it's possible. You just got to figure out um, how to do it and then what we did in the beginning was we were comparing ourselves and it it really slowed us down around the three month mark where we were building momentum, but all of a sudden we were like, what, well, we're selling this much, but we're not selling this much. What are we doing wrong? Rather than saying, well, we sold this much last month and we beat that this month. We should be celebrating that and then try to compound those efforts. And so do not compare yourself to other resellers. It's such big advice.
0: It's such a big advice. Yeah. Even any in any industry don't compare yourself to anyone like stay in your own lane There's no traffic in your lane. It's a it's a corny thing to say, but it's so true
2: Well, I'll tell you what it, it allowed us to really really grow when, when we stopped saying why aren't, why are we not like them? And we started saying how do we beat what we did last month? You're right sounds corny as hell. I get it but it, it's such a uh, Motivating and relieving feeling to be like, all right, how do we beat what we did yesterday? How do we beat what we did last month and then when you do it you, you feel that you're growing and that just adds more more fuel to the fire in in building a monster.
0: That's huge. Huge advice. You dropped a lot of gems today. Um where can people find you? That's kind of like the, I I I don't have any more questions. Just your story to me is unbelievable because you guys are doing like almost a you know, you're in six figures selling Use shoes. So again, you're saying anything is possible. And I wanted this audience to hear this because I again, I personally like reselling like little things <laughs> here and there. But when I saw you guys, I'm like, this is kind of nuts. You're selling shoes and people are buying it. Um, so where can people find you? Um, all the information where people, if they want to buy some shoes from you and see your inventory, where can they find you?
2: Well, the biggest thing uh, to connect with us, if you have more questions, I mean, we, we love connecting with other people that have questions. We answer and talk to hundreds of people every day through Instagram. Uh, you can find us at Rinzy Now, R-N-Z-Y now. Um, we're obviously on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, if you connect with us on Instagram in our bio, you'll see you can connect to where we're selling our stuff on Poshmark and Mercari. And, and uh, we're not big into selling to our uh, audience on Instagram. I mean, of mm-hmm. course, if people reach out and they're interested in a certain pair, we don't. We just don't push it. We don't push selling on Instagram. We push how we're doing, what we're doing, so that other people, whether they want to make a hundred bucks or ten thousand this month, uh, we can show you how to do it. I, I gotta. Add,
0: this is a question just for me, being a YouTube watcher of your your channel. Mm-hmm. Do the do the managers of all the like Salvation Armies and Goodwills? Do they like see you guys coming and be like, oh, there they go again? <laughs> yeah. Not... Well,
2: they they do. They know us by name, okay. uh, re- Respectfully, because we always. Uh, we try to provide value at the thrift. If you think about it, they're they're in a business where they've got a lot of stuff coming in, uh, and they need a lot of stuff to go out. So since we are purchasing a lot at the price that they want, and we're always friendly, and we're, we're we literally help other people. I mean, clearly sometimes we get confused when we have a cart full of shoes. People think we work there, and they're like asking us for, to look for <laughs> certain pairs. So instead of instead of being Scrooge McGrooge, like we actually help people. Or if or if or if we have thirty pairs in our cart and. You know a mom or dad is looking for the pair for their kids and we and it's in our car we'll give it to them because there's enough inventory to go around and and the reason i bring that all up is is when employees uh and people of these thrifts see us doing that they they like when we come in rather than oh my gosh here comes ryan and lindsay again they're like oh they're here again they're they're gonna spend a ton of money and they're gonna be kind when they're here so that that goes a long way no matter what you're doing is, is just be cool to all the people around you uh, and, and the people that are dicks to you, you know, love them from afar.
0: Nice. Perfect advice. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for your time today.
2: Appreciate you inviting us.
0: Another illustrious episode in the can, guys. Man, what an episode. Ryan and Lindsay, I left this uh, recording feeling so pumped up, feeling so motivated, feeling like I should sell everything in my house. I started looking at the shoes I was wearing, like, can I sell these? I was just so pumped, man. And I love their attitude of like, hey, you know, got to make it happen. No excuses. They're doing so much volume that Nike asked them to stop. You know how crazy that is, guys? And they're doing this out of goodwill, out of outlets, out of thrift shops and they're making it happen no excuses so i left this episode thinking man there's if anything you want to do start doing it now do your research find out what you need to do and just get to it because these guys are getting to it and um you know great episode love these guys check them out on youtube Go we'll follow their youtube subscribe to their youtube that's it that's it boom boom, boom.